Mice After Dark is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. <laughs> Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Let's put on the show. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Dis After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. I always start with calm down, calm down. But uh, yeah, make make as much noise as you want. Um, welcome back to uh, yeah, series two, episode twenty three of Diz After Dark, the award winning Disney podcast. Woo! That's the same as Neil. I'm Paul. I'm Nick. And uh, Paul's running late. He'll be here soon. Um, but joining us in the mouse's head today is. Uh, well, do you want to introduce yourself? Whether you want to use your secret code name or. Your, uh... <laughs> Secret code name. It sounds so mysterious. Well, why not? You've got to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm known on my podcast as Dr. Squee. Excellent. That's S-Q-U-E-E for anyone interested. Um, yep. Yes, uh, um, gentlemen. Well, we always tend to start this thing with uh, what are you drinking? So as we are in a bar, uh, yeah, in the mouse's head, gentlemen, what are you drinking? Uh, well, I'll, I'll kick off because um, <clears throat> I'm really parched and I need to get this open. Um, I have gone for um, a, a beer that has nothing to do with Disney. Uh, it is an American beer and recommended by my good friend Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this is—I've said this before, but this is the actual one. I, I had a different one before. It is a Sierra Sierra Nevada, even Torpedo Extra IPA. So I'm going to crack this open. Oh, 7.2% as well. Oh, Hello. Nice, nice choice. Hang on, hang on. Oh, there we go. Do, do I hear a Mr. D in the background as well? Yes, you do. Oh, excellent. Welcome Something. aboard. Just in time. Yeah, I had trouble getting through the crowd at the bar. Jeez, it's busy tonight. <laughs> it sounds it. Sounds it. Um, Mr. D, what are you drinking? Um, okay, so I really need this first one. I've got a <laughs> bottle of Copperberg Elderflower and Lime Cider. I've got no idea what the Disney connection is. It's green. Can let the frogs green. There you go. That's it. <laughs> oh, well, I, I've gone for the fact that, well, we've got a bit of a Doctor Who theme going on, and he's British and English, so I thought I would go with something that was evocative of uh, merry old England and, and England history. So I've gone for a Thatcher's cider. Nice. Boo! So, I've, and, yeah, I did that deliberately. <laughs> oh, Mr. S- Dr. Squee. Sorry, well, I, where? Sorry, I, I was about to call you Mister Squee, but I, I figured Doctor is the. Official. You didn't go to Doctor School. Squee for seven is fine. Years. Squee yeah. is fine. Just, just Squee, then. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Is, is, no, is, there, uh, is, is there a professional? You know, are you going for professorship? Eventually, maybe, maybe. Who knows? You know. Uh, well, welcome to the Mouse's Head. What would you like to drink? Thank you very much. Uh, well, uh, as you've honoured Doctor Who in that way. I wanted to honour Disney, and I always like the kind of old-fashioned uh, medieval look they go for in their towns. So I was thinking of a nice glass of mead, please. 
Help yourself. Nice honeymead. Why not? What a good oh, yeah. idea. You're a me fan, aren't you? I, I have been in, in my days of a medieval reenactor. Yes. Med- I've got to say, before we go on, like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, try more uh, different beers for me. I've been always a commercial kind of beer drinker, but um, IPAs I'm quite enjoying. And this is, um, it doesn't taste like any kind of beer I've ever had. No. But it comes recommended, so um, if you want to sponsor us, please do. Welcome to the world. Well, um, we'll get on with the Doctor Who stuff in a minute, but we always start, as we mean to go on, um, with with a bit of news. Um, and now I realise that we're kind of recording this in advance of several of us going on different holidays, and maybe we'll be a bit out of kilter and a bit out of sorts. So um, for anyone who's listening to this when the time we release it, here is the news from a few weeks ago. A view of the news with this after dark. Yeah, there we go, that one again. Right, um well, who wants to start with the news? So if this is gonna be news that we're kind of doing now for the future. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll see where you going with that one. Well, I think it'd be crazy for us not to talk about the fact that um, only this week that Disney have bought uh, Universal Studios and uh, are now turning Universal Studios into a new Disney park. Exactly. Yeah, it was a a surprise to me. (laughs) Or or, or should we just do news that we actually know has happened? J.K. Rowling's livid because Disney's finally got Harry Potter through, <laughs> through, through buying the whole Universal Studios Corporation. Oh, well, that'll teach you to uh, cast a yes. shadow over MGM back in the day. That's right. Oh, the only yeah. problem is we've got Transformers as well. Oh. Well, you know, it could be worse, I suppose. But uh, no, okay, so um, on, a, on a Universal theme um, this week uh, in the UK, um, a, a company called Secret Cinemas... Secret Cinema R uh, been trying to host a uh, Back to the Future event. This was uh, heavily hyped for a few months, and the uh, the plan for those that haven't uh, seen this online uh, was to recreate Hill Valley in a secret location in England. So to make a, bring a little bit of Americana over to the UK, um, where they would be screening Back to the Future. There's going to be DeLoreans and Enchantment Under the Sea dances and and uh, everything like that, and uh, was due to open. Uh, this week just gone, actually. Um, unfortunately, um, with an hour to spare, they decided to um, announce quite quietly that uh, it would be cancelled. Uh, and they repeated this stunt the next day as well with about two hours' notice. So at least it got a bit better. Um, and it's, it's <laughs> as we recall this, it's been delayed until the end of July, the beginning of August, where it should be taking place. But having seen pictures of the site... Um, Hill Valley looks a little bit lacking at the moment. I'm not sure if it's ready to be uh, inhabited by people. So, um, as we recall this, it hasn't opened. Um, as this goes out, it may have opened, and it may be good. But let's just assume that it hasn't and it isn't, and we'll take it from there. And uh, to be honest, although one of my, my uh, best friends was attending opening night and was uh, extremely disappointed to find out, even worse uh, than that, I, I believe is old friend of the show uh, Logan. He may remember as director yeah. of the uh, the Walt Disney movie, yeah. and um, he um, extended his break um, to incorporate going to opening night, um, and of course had to leave England with uh, without being able to experience the event. So uh, boo to you! 
That's going to be quite devastating. Yes, boost you indeed. So, uh, I mean, it's it's not Universal's fault. They've, they've not got no involvement in this other than making the film in the first place. But, um, yeah, secret cinemas, you make me mad. Do you know what the problem was, though? It's, it's because it was the first film. They only had a DeLorean, so they couldn't fit everyone in it to go to the future when it's all set up. If it was the uh... third film, they could have all gotten on board the train and gone into the future to see the film. I heard they went, they, they actually happened. They went into the future because it was rubbish. They went back into the past again and cancelled it on Earth before it was supposed to originally start. <laughs> there you go. That, that would have been preferred, I think, <laughs> to be fair. Oh, dear, oh dear. Um, yeah, well, I was going to start with the news that, you know, I, I alluded to the fact that we are an award winning podcast now. Much better news. I, yes. Um, Congratulations. The, the the Disney Podcast Awards, or the Dizzies 2014, which is nice. Uh, we got uh, Best Adult-Oriented Disney Show for, uh, for us. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone who voted for us and everyone who nominated us and put us forward to it. Um, but, you buggers, now I've got to change the bumpers to gloat about it for a bit. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I've, I just want to give a few shout-outs because uh, lots of people congratulated. So, uh, a few that uh, have contributed to the show before, but... Uh, Ah, where to begin? Uh, Michelle Young, who of course is uh, a co-host of the Disney Dream Girls, who yep. also won an award at the same ceremonies for Best International Show. Yeah. Highly contested with ourselves and Dibcast as well. Yeah. So uh, congratulations, girls, and thank you for uh, for your comments on Facebook. Um, Sony, Alex, Harvey, oh, Lewis, Lonsdale, Steve Milson, Payne, Martin Walker, Matt Bateman, Daniel Howe, Jonathan Lewis-Jones, Peter Pontecovo, and uh, Sarah, um, oh, Sarah, sorry, um, and, uh, and, and Katie and other people. So thank you very much for, um, for your likes and comments and uh, yeah. for, for listening and nominating us. Thank you very much. If, if you ever yeah. make your way to the mouse's head, uh, my credit card's behind the bar for you all. The one that says Zay Goodgy, yeah? I, 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 was, I, I was just thinking, hopefully they'll never realise that it isn't a real pub. Oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> Breaking the walls down, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the, the Hollywood technique, the fourth wall? Or is it the third wall? I can't remember. Uh, fourth. Fourth, yeah, all right. Yeah, that but I don't know why. Um, I, I, I was going to do some traffic news. Because that, that, that's the most pointless really thing good. for a podcast of, from two weeks to ever do, isn't it? Yeah, I'll do uh, a weather report as well. It's, yeah. uh, it's hot. <laughs> Apparently there was a car accident underneath the uh, the entrance to Walt Disney World. Really? Today. Yeah. Some muppet. Um, Kermit. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> um, stopped to take a or slowed down to take a photograph of the as they were going under the sun, despite all the signs saying. Don't stop for photography. No photography. No slowing down. They decided to slow down and got ploughed into the back of by a truck. They got a Disney jail. <laughs> so it took a little while and uh, to clear it up and people said, "So yeah, when there are signs saying no photography, you know, I'm not really necessarily a one for stickler for the rules, but there is a reason usually." So, mm. oh, dear, oh dear. Right. Not, not, not my finest hour. Um, <laughs> One other quick, not not Disney news again. It's been a bit quiet. Well, actually, no, no, no it's a lie. There is a bit of Disney news here as well. So, um, when we recall this, uh, San Diego uh, Comic Con has uh, has just happened. Yeah. Um, and there was two quite interesting announcements that came out of uh, of the event. The first one is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two 
which obviously we've all loved by the time this has come out and watched. Yep. Um, has they've announced a sequel uh, for uh, three years' time, July 2017. Um, I mean, it, it, we obviously we haven't seen it because it hasn't come out in the UK. Um, it um, has had amazing reviews so far across the board, um, sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Or tomatoes, depending on where you are in the world. Um, which, is, which is pretty impressive for a superhero film. Um, for me, <laughs> slightly jumping the gun a little bit. Just, you know, although the early buzz is good, and it is a Marvel film that should do well, maybe you should wait until the film comes out. Has it come out in the US sequel. yet? Nope, nope. Um, no, it hasn't come out, out at all. Nope. <laughs> early previews, early previews. Uh, July, July 31st uh, in the UK. I believe it's the week after in America. Because um, we get we get films first for some reason when they're Marvel. But, um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, no reason to suspect it, it won't do well or it won't be a good film. But, you know, I'm still waiting for Tron 3. Yeah, so that's July 2017. July 2017. The sequel, uh, to, a, the sequel to a movie that hasn't been released yet is yeah. released. Uh, it could be worse. It could have been released in two. Um, I, I, I was wondering whether or not that's going to be before or after Avatar 2. Or before and after this podcast gets released. Because yeah. we, we certainly decided when it's coming out. Um, well, I've also, got to be behind Guardians of the Galaxy because it's got Karen Gillan from Doctor Who in it, of course. And, and she yeah. looks great in it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't recognise... Well, you, you can just about recognise her. But, uh, yeah, slightly different look to those... Uh, the, the looks you would have known her from Doctor Who, well, the police, certainly. Yeah, the police woman's uniform, mainly. Well, I was thinking more the hair, but yes. Okay. Um, and the skin colour, but never mind. Um, yeah. But on that as well, so uh, on sequel news, um, and it's, it's, it hasn't come from Universal, because it's not really them that's doing it, but it is kind of a sequel to a Universal property of sorts. Yeah. Um, and that is they've announced a, a prequel, actually, um, of King Kong. Which is called Skull, Skull Island. Okay. Now, this is made by Legendary, which is the film company that just released Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, where Godzilla 2 was also announced at Comic-Con this weekend. Um, although that was a little bit more obvious to know. Yeah. Um, but Skull Island, as the name suggests, will be about uh, the the island that they find King Kong on in the uh, in the films that we've seen thus far. Um, but will be more like a, a kind of... Uh, before they find him, so um, I don't know, maybe an origin story of, of how King Kong came to be. Alright, yeah. King Kong descendants. Yes. Yes. Born um, of the planet the King Kong. Yeah. Well that's it. I mean apes are in at the moment. I mean I haven't seen yeah. uh, the new Planet of the Apes film, but I've heard that that's amazing as well. Um, yeah, I've seen it. It's good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like the really uh, good. I like the last one as well, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Me and Mrs. Branch haven't gone to that yet, but we will. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so, um, you know, as a King Kong fan, really looking forward to it. Um, and also, because of the King Kong attraction, which is being built at Universal, that's not being built at Universal, because they haven't announced it, even though we know it's being built there. Um, that should add a bit of fuel to that fire as well. So that's uh, good news all around. Oh, yeah. How about the travel news that we didn't cover? Um, making sure if you're flying to the States... You've got to make sure everything's charged up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there's a lot. There was a lot of discussion when this was first out on various boards and topics about, but it's got what? Well, it's got to be completely charged up. No, no. Bat- batteries don't take up less space if they're not charged, as long <laughs> as you can turn it on. Okay. Just 
it just has to go on. And don't worry about all this furore about, well, what about posting it home? If you're flying out of Gatwick, they've got charging points. So you can just charge it up to prove that it has enough charge just to turn on. But if you've got a phone and it only travels with you for emergencies, it's often a good idea with an emergency phone to have it charged. Although, I mean, the only the only floor I can see in this plan of theirs uh, is that all this means is that they can't block the plane, but they can block the airport. Yeah. Is that we better? I'm, I'm going to wait until we release this podcast after I've been on holiday. Yeah. Knowing, knowing what happens at like Bradford or, or Nottingham East Midlands Airport when someone <laughs> announces things like that. Yeah, I don't want to appear on the um, like the NAC's web, you know, yeah. hit list or something like that. Just now you know why I don't them. use my real name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're that podcast that was talking. No, just, no, just, no. Okay, snap. Says rubber gloves. So you think you're funny, do you? You and your award-winning podcast, right? <laughs> Come into this little room. Let me snap on my rubber gloves. Well, I know, I know. Um, it may look funny that. Um, you know, both my co-hosts are going to Disney World this year, and I'm not. But um, I think I'm also the only member of the team that every time I, I fly into an American airport, I do get taken away by the police for an hour minimum to be investigated before being let on my merry way. So, so that means, Paul, that means you and I are now known associates of... Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this game. We're in so much trouble now. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh, has anyone got any more news? A little bit. The Anna and Elsa yeah. and Greek saga goes on. Yeah. So what they've decided to do now to cut down the, the wait times for people is you get issued with a little piece of paper that gives you a time or a window to, to come back in. You so, could kind of call that like a fast pass. Yeah. Like a legacy fast pass maybe. Yeah. Just a... Just an idea. So, I mean, Disney, do, yeah. deal with that where we like. Yeah. So, so the My Fast Pass Plus yeah. for, for, for Anna and Elsa is, is now kind of circumvented by a traditional bit of paper with a time slot on it. No, yeah, it's now my piece of paper. <laughs> that is an awesome piece of planning. Well done. It is. I mean, it's completely Wi-Fi. Once you get that piece of paper, you can use it anywhere in the park, you know. And, and it doesn't need to be charged up. doesn't, No. No. And like like good old fashioned paper and pen, you will not get charged stupid roaming costs. Is this true? Yeah. Although you've got to be able to turn on the pen to prove that it works. Yeah, yeah. Which would be just my luck that the ink would have dried. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got a little piece of trivia, yeah. Yeah. So what the last on the last podcast, whenever it is, because there's a lot of time travel being discussed yeah. tonight, so I'm not quite sure when that last one was, but or when it will be. But um, I did mention that I renewed my subscription to tourinplans.com. Yep. Um, and I checked the crowd calendar this week. And the two weeks, the first two weeks in September, which yeah. is the time that I'm going, is absolutely the lowest crowd of a whole year. Excellent. Excellent. And apart from one day, which is a three, so the scale is one to ten, ten yep. being the busiest. Yep. It's ones and twos, apart from one day, which is a three. All right. And I so still I expect have, I, to spend two weeks with Anna and Elsa yeah. if I want to. And I, and I still have to get up at five in the morning to check my My Disney Experience app to book fast passes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh dear. Anyway, um, Squee, 
Mr. Dr. Professor Squeeze, sir. Yes. Um, we, we've heard you talking, and we've alluded to some Doctor Who fans, but just for our Disney-fied listeners, would you care to actually formally introduce yourself? Yeah, hello, my name... Yeah, uh, my name's Doctor. Well, I'm known as Doctor Squee on my podcast, uh, which sounds very pretentious, but it's just because I work as a counselor in my sort of day job. So you know, can't put my name on the podcast really. Uh, counsel- my co-host, ca- counselor with an S or a C, because the two as in uh, the counselor of the mind, if you will. Okay. I was going to say not count. You don't work for like Hampshire County Council or something. Like no, no. Then I just say I'm, I, I wouldn't be that <laughs> precious about it. Then <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah. So. Um, uh, I do a podcast called uh, Gallifrey Stands, and it's a weekly podcast about Doctor Who. It started off uh, with me just doing it on a whim and just talking into the microphone. Uh, I always say talking into the void, basically, just me there with the microphone. And I, for a joke, made my dog my co-host. So she's known on the podcast as Dotty Who. And uh, <laughs> we record podcast weekly. It's become a bit of a uh, interview show now. So I've had loads of people on. I've had... Um, I've actually managed to get a published author on and uh, another guy from the States called Andy McAlfresh, who does the Education podcast. Mm. And he's also a, uh, was a writer of Jay Leno, uh, mm. so he was a really good guest. Had a few people from Doctor Who fan fiction on, so uh, there was a couple of guys who did this audio production called Dark Journey. They're really great to have on. And, uh, well, this week I'm going to be doing a small section with the fine folk from Dis After Dark. We'd like to hear that. Like to hear that. Mm, uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> the other stuff sounded amazing. But yeah, bearing, your bear, last yeah, yeah, bearing in mind we're recording it when we've finished here. <laughs> and, you know, the funniest thing is, that's probably the most professionally I've talked about the podcast, including on the podcast. <laughs> that sounds like I really knew what I'm doing. You've come on this podcast, anyone sounds like they know what they're doing when, when, they're, a, when, they're, when they're put alongside us. <laughs> by the way, I, I mean, I'm, I could be mistaken because, you know, we, we drink quite a lot and... Um, things get confused but the name of your podcast isn't that the same um name as a nana cherry song gallifrey stands oh, dear, oh, dear. oh no oh, no buffalo stands oh, oh stand. second there yeah jeez yeah, oh god yeah, i had to get pull my 80s brain talk about time travel <laughs> it's all right I, to be fair the jokes don't get much better yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I haven't thought of Nana Cherry for so long. No, I'm thinking what? I, I I had no idea what particular rabbit hole you, you were you were going down. There. Yeah, I, well, just random, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you could have gone really up to date with Eagle Eye Cherry at least. At least that's nineties, you know. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. Uh, so, I I don't ask. How long have you been a, Dis- a, a Doctor Who fan? Oh, since birth, pretty much. I mean, uh, when I was growing up, uh, it was always on in my household. And uh, way back then, it like makes me feel really old to say this, but VHS was around, but it like there weren't that many tapes about. You know, we, there was still bit Betamax knocking about a bit. So they just started <laughs> releasing a few of the Doctor Who on, on uh, video. So we had like the Five Doctors, which was one of the specials they did, and a few others. And I used to just love putting those on all the time. And my brother was really into talk too. So yeah, so uh, I'm 35, so 35 years. Wow. That's, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... So who is your, who is, because my doctor was uh, McCoy. That was the earliest doctor that I could remember. Yeah. Um, so yours Davison or? 
Yeah, Davidson's the earliest one I remember. I think when I was born, it was still um, Tom Baker. Well, I know it is. Yeah, let, let me just pretend like I don't know exactly which Doctor Who was when. <laughs> I'm not that much of a geek, honest. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so it was Tom Baker when I was born. But yeah, the first one I can remember at all was, um, yeah, Peter Davidson. So he was my favourite up until the new series. Now I'm uh, a Matt Smith guy. Okay. I, I, I was always a Roger Moore fan. Have I got the wrong Yeah, no, he was a great doctor. <laughs> oh, I was going to make another James Bond joke, but that's Doctor No, so it doesn't really, yeah, doesn't really work. Yeah. He's possibly the only actor who could get more knob gags out of the sonic screwdriver than, than have already been done. <laughs> yeah. Um, knob as in knob of butter, nothing rude. We're not like that on this podcast. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, of sorry. <laughs> Anymore, apparently. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. We did win a award for best adult podcast, so... Perhaps we can still yeah. get away yeah, with it. Get away with it, yeah. yeah. So am um, I not allowed to mention the uh, anti-Jew regalia on the mouse's head walls, then? Now, oh, no. I, am gonna, now I am gonna have to edit you. <laughs> sorry, I can resist. I, I don't know. There is um, oh, Look up nice. the Disney history, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's very true. Um, Allegedly. Sorry, I'm saying. His head spinning in its ace box yeah. right now. Other, uh, other, other, other types of uh, regalia on the walls are available. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I was, um, I remember being a, a Doctor Who fan that was a, a typical child that was scared of the Daleks, completely petrified of the Daleks, even knowing they couldn't get upstairs um, at the time. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so no. Mr. was definitely my was my yeah. doctor of choice. Um, he was one I, I, I was most familiar with. But, um, I mean, there were some dark times for being a Doctor Who fan. I mean, I, I suppose it's a little bit, in a way, similar to the, the Doctor Who uh, resistance that occurred after it, you know, it disappeared from the public screens uh, in the 80s. In fact, just about the same time that Disney came out of its own dark period. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, how did you manage to um, maintain your interest in Doctor Who when there were, there were not many outlets at the time um, showing Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, I think the good thing is the uh, Doctor Who culture was just so strong in this country, it just lived on through that. I mean, uh, mm. there were still conventions going on. There was a range of uh, books at the time, which were done by Virgin Books, because BBC mm. didn't even want to bother publishing the books. So they did the New Adventure books. And, uh, and yeah, there were audio plays that people did. They started, um, there's a group called Big Finish who do audio productions yep. to this day. And they started during the kind of off time for Doctor Who. And we had the TV movie somewhere in the in 96. Yeah. Uh, so there was kind of just so much interest in it. And that's why it really surprised me that it didn't come back sooner. When they did the TV movie, for instance, there was uh, nearly 10 million viewers Paul in McGann? the UK. Is it Paul McGann? Yeah, Paul McGann. Paul McGann, yeah. yeah. And Mr. McCoy. Yeah, yeah, and Sylvester McCoy to the, at the beginning of it. But yeah. it's like, I mean, in America, it didn't get the viewing figures, but over here, it really did. So I would have thought someone would have taken up the reins then, but I think the, the BBC just didn't want to risk spending any money. So it was only when um, uh, Russell T. Davis sort of got the bit between his teeth to do it that he kind of managed to stir up the excitement. But yeah, there was just so much stuff going on within the Doctor Who world, and so many people are into it. And I went to a few conventions during that time as well, and it was just still all out there. So I think it was really the fans who kept it alive. Yeah. Do, do you know, outside of the UK, how big Doctor Who actually is? Well, I've recently discovered this doing the uh, interviews, because I knew that now it's big in America, but it sounds like... Back in the day, it was on PBS during the um, uh, Tom Baker era that they started getting it at all. And so it kind of had a very cult following, but it was kind of a steady following. So 
I think the new series is where it's really exploded over there, but apparently it was always kind of in the background there. I mean, you see references on The Simpsons and things like that from the original series. So I think it was kind of known, but not the kind of phenomenon it is now over there. Mm. Excellent. Because obviously, you know, being a Disney podcast, there's a, there's a reason that uh, we made contact with you. And, and it got asked on our, our Facebook question of the week was to combat Universal kicking their asses with Harry Potter if Disney bought the rights and the theme park rights to Doctor Who let's think where and we asked where would they put him and what rides and experiences do they create yeah I now, came up with a few ideas on this one now I mean I suppose the question we should ask first of all anyway is have you been to any of the parks I went to Euro Disney uh, before went on a um, college trip mm-hmm but that's all. But, um, but, but yeah, yeah, that was really cool. You're you're aware of of, of what the because I mean to be honest, although they are all different parks, yeah, you get the same kind of vibe. So if you've been to one, you, you kind of know what it's uh, what it's like. So yeah, okay. So you know, we'll, we'll go with you first. What would you? Um, what kind of attractions would you like to see? Well, there was three rides which I thought. Of. So I don't know about location. I'm afraid, apart no, from that's... front and center, is obviously my answer. But uh, <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, there was three rides which sprang to mind. One which was, I think, a slam dunk, where you've got the uh, small world after all. Yep. That could be very easily adapted to have adipose in it. Now, are you guys familiar with what the adipose are? Far away. Well, these were like a uh, one of the new Doctor Who's. They had uh, these little. Um, Little little marshmallow-looking uh, figures who would walk along. They look insanely cute, and you'd see them just walking around. And uh, it turns out what was happening was people were taking weight loss tablets, and these fat globs were coming off their body and walking around, uh, being made sentient by the tablets they were taking, to the point where they killed the person. But they were just these little kind of, as say, marshmallow-looking fellows, and I thought they would be the perfect replacement for the small world characters. They are. They are extremely cute. <laughs> Yeah, they are extremely cute. Oh, yeah. Blimey. So so that one seemed to, to fit in very nicely. But the, the kind of big one which I thought we could have is, um, I don't know if you guys have been to Las Vegas, to the Star Trek experience? Uh, I've, I, it, I mean, I think it's gone now, but um, I didn't get to go, but I have seen and read quite a lot about it. Yeah, I think they had a special event, but I think it's in residency there. There is a kind of area where it's just, there's a couple of rides well, it was certainly when I went over there, it was permanently there. Yeah. And kind of you, it, it is an interactive kind of walkthrough kind of thing. And uh, I actually went up to London. There was a um, Doctor Experience up there and they had a kind of similar walkthrough thing. But it was on it, it was mainly sets and you had one room where you had this kind of 4D video effect. But I thought that we could have um, uh, the sort of like walkthrough of the Doctor Who world. So like you could enter into the TARDIS have a bit in the console room, maybe an interactive ride, having a bit more seating so it kind of judders around and everything, like one of those uh, wobble stages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have run through the TARDIS of like uh, just insane bad guys just chasing you all through. So you've got Daleks popping out of the wall, weeping angels. I like the kind of like thing like they do with Harry Potter now, that where they've got it kind of very interactive. Mm. And I think that's what, like, you know, you can have your big roller coasters, but it's really nice to have something which really scares people and really gets them kind of being active and running through it, so I thought something like that would be a good idea. Okay, yeah. And, and another one. Uh, oh, sorry. So just with with that, so when you talk about interactive as well, so what was you thinking? Like, um, 
you know, having like slick screwdrivers that you could do stuff with. Yeah, and like yeah. little levers that you have to pull for the doctor, and he can appear on video screens, uh, very much like they did in the London one. Can so, interactive ones. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, someone could get picked to like you know, hopefully a little <clears throat> kid, so they get the best of it. Uh, gets picked to be the doctor's assistant to help guide you through. Yeah, the, the currently in obviously in Orlando and Universal, you've got the interactive ones, as Paul's just said. So an interactive sonic screwdriver that you could point at things and it would do stuff. That yeah, would be, that would be excellent. I'm very very doable as well. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a Hall of Presidents, but it's all the different Doctor Who's from the from all the different eras. The Hall of Doctors. The Hall of Who, yes. Yeah, the Hall of Who. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, when you get to the Hall of Presidents, I'm sorry, but I'm English. Most of them I look at, and it is the Hall of Who, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have, like, they do on uh, down in the Batcave, when you see all the Bat uniforms uh, up on the wall. You could have all the Doctor Who outfits in the costume room. Yeah. You, know, you know full well that it will probably come up with the most pointless replacement for Armageddon. To be honest, when, when you actually said that, that last idea, um, I, I did think it sounds like a, a much better version of what they have already in the studios for, for uh, Armageddon. Yeah, a little a little bit of a stunt show video and then a walkthrough into a TARDIS control room, yeah. Oh, you have to have a big and exciting and really, like, uh, grab you kind of thing, I think. Well, this, this um, the attraction they have at, at uh, uh, Disneyland Paris and the studios for this Armageddon, it's basically you, you walk onto a set of a space station and things start going wrong. So there's like you get um, gets hit by a bit of meteor, and there's a, a massive fire that starts out, and uh, the whole thing starts shaking around. So there are elements of what you've got there already. You, you, make, it sound, you make it sound so exciting. I'm going to have to go on it next time. You don't. Well, I think what you'd, ha- what you'd have to have is the. Um, I was talking about the Star Trek one, and when mm. they had that. While they were showing you, I mean, the thing I love about Doctor Who is it does try and genuinely, like, scare kids, but in a kind of safe way. So the Doctor's always going to save you, but you should be a little bit scared. And in this Star Trek one, they had, like, they were showing you the instructional video, like the safety video, but it wasn't really the safety video because halfway through it cuts out. The lights go off, wind gushes up at you like you're falling, and it just kind of, like, really scares the shit out of you for a second. Sorry, my lad's swear. Yeah, it's cool. Scares the shit out of you for a second. And then, um, then you're running through these corridors and stuff. So I think it's really gonna gotta grab you and gotta be really quick and fast paced. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think if you take Armageddon and give it a bit of a, a, a Universal Halloween Horror Night kind of vibe, that's mm. the kind of thing you're after. Uh, I mean, you've obviously not done that. That's that's a very very intense set of uh, houses that are things of different things, um, and exactly that people chase after you or come out of uh, dark corners of, of building and uh, yeah that's that's a very intense experience um so what was your your third uh, your third idea yeah the only other one i thought was escape from dalek mountain i've really have just nicked disney ideas now <laughs> <laughs> and you just have like uh, you're going through on a kind of uh, roller coaster but you've got daleks kind of i don't know if you've seen like in the newer dog too they've got daleks and these little pods flying through space Mm-hmm. And you could have just Daleks swinging past you as you're going through on the roller coaster, so it like feels almost as if they're going to hit you, and you just swing past them. Okay. So it's basically just a big roller coaster with Daleks everywhere. Yeah. Oh. So using that, so using that, um, that's just an air of, uh, of uh, Doctor Squeeze. 
of uh, just taking Disney ideas. So I was thinking of um, the Little Dalek uh, and also the uh, the Cybermen King um, nice. as things we could we could do with Disney. No, so you can have a cyber, Cyberman holding up a Cybermat, much like the Lion King. Pretty much. Nice. A little a little baby cyber baby, rather than a Cyberman. But um, yeah, I mean. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that the fact Doctor Who is obviously as popular as it is, and yet no one has t- has tried to to kind of do more with it in that respect. Yeah. Um, I mean, even in the UK, I mean, we have quite a few theme parks here, um, and, and not really much has been done um, that, that I've I've ever seen. Somebody did say actually on uh, on our Facebook page, uh, Matt Bateman said there used to be an attraction at Longleat. Yes, um, yeah. but um, but yeah, I mean that was that was the first I, I'd ever heard. Yeah. I think I, I remember an exhibition once at Mobby, which was the Museum of the Moving Image. I think that's where it was. Um, well, which was thing... like a Doctor Who experience, but that was in the eighties. Well, I was going to say the thing with Longley is the same as the one in London. Is most of what it was though was a more like a Doctor Who museum. Yeah. So you go around all the costumes and all these things, all the genuine sets. So it's some really cool stuff but nothing like a kind of theme park kind of thing. So I think you're right. I think that they are missing a trick there. I mean, the, the, one of the best things I saw was they had a kind of uh, Doctor Who reenactment. They had one of the guys who was a regular re- repeat character from Doctor Who called the Brigadier, and mm. he had him fighting a load of Cybermen, and they actually had Cybermen exploding. So yeah. it was some really cool stuff like that. But, but yeah, I've never seen a theme park kind of idea around it. The, the Doctor Who epic stunt spectacular. It was really great, actually. Oh. I mean, I, I was so close you could actually feel the heat from the Cybermen blowing up. It was great. Excellent. Uh, some of the ideas that our listeners have come up with, um, Steve Milson Payne uh, replaced Dumbo with canines and Daleks. Now, Dumbo is a just a standard spinny round, go up and down type ride for children. <laughs> but if you could do that on the back of a canine rather than sitting inside a Dumbo, it would be great. <laughs> um, nice. I wouldn't, yeah, I don't think the Dalek idea would work with that, to be honest. I don't know where you'd sit. Inside it? No. Like, like Davros? Yeah. yeah. Is that his name? Because I'm not the world's greatest Doctor Who. Yeah, right? no, no, that's right. That's I, right. Because I'm pretty sure I was about to call him Stavros. But... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you've got to have a system. One is a, one is a, a Greek uh, kebab fan <laughs> owner played by Harry, Harry Enfield, Enfield uh, and the other one is uh, is not. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. So got, got to have a system. Would, would um, they look very similar. Would Davros get a guest assistance pass? I think he would do because uh, he he is. He needs um, an assisted motor vehicle. He does. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Alex uh, Alex Harvey suggested um, replacing the Sounds Dangerous building at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Alex, I um, agree with you. I don't care what they replace it with. Just replace it. Just knock it down. <laughs> um, although they've said. Uh, Oh yes, sorry. Hang on, just yeah, it's, ne- uh, it's next to the Star Wars area, so. Yeah, so yeah, like a little sci-fi bit. Um, I will have it as a source of ha- haunted house with angels and Daleks. Yeah, yeah so think... kind of actually going back with your idea, actually. Yeah. Someone, someone agreeing with that. The Doctor Who um, haunted mansion. Yeah. Nice. And of course, uh, as well, we've got the British uh, area in Epcot. Yeah. The uh, the pavilion. Just, just a, tard- a Tardis photo, photo spot and a and a Doctor meet and greet. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. They don't even have to have anyone who looks like it. It could just be an incarnation. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Duncan suggested making yeah. use of the British Pavilion, and it makes sense to me. Um, and uh, 
Sarah said uh, a Tardis ride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I've got to add fish fingers and custard cupcake for dessert, perhaps. Nice. Hmm. Don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I know where that's come from. Personally, still not convinced. And this is the person who still proclaims that the Pizza Planet burger they used to sell, serve at Disneyland Paris is one of the greatest things he's ever eaten. Well, I will um, tell you, I've tried the fish fingers and custard. I've done that twice with my son. He absolutely loved it. I, I really liked it at the time. It's only about half an hour later you really regret that decision. Oh, well, I'm, I'm good at making, uh, doing things and regretting them later on. So. Yeah, really tasty at the time. It's, it's, I, I still say it's worth it somehow. <laughs> my, my, mainly because I forget the, the pain in my stomach like by the next day. It would fit really well in Epcot, though, because the UK needs something more than just a T-shirt. Yeah. Even Norway has Maelstrom. Uh, well, currently. Yeah, yeah. Soon, potentially, to be replaced by uh, by Frozen. <laughs> yeah, yeah although, although that might not please them, apparently. Yeah, oh, we should talk about it in the news. What's that? Oh, missed opportunity. Yeah, um, oh, well, there's always the next show in a couple of weeks' time. It could be late news then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why have it on time when you can have it late? Yeah. I think, I, personally, I, I think um, an attraction... You know what? I could see something like um, uh, The Wizarding World, um, Harry Potter and the Forbidden uh, Journey. That ride system used with Doctor Who could be quite interesting. Um, so that, that to uh, explain that uh, for Doctor Squee, is um, you sit in a row... A little bit like a thing, like a bench kind of thing, but you're sitting in individual chairs, and uh, you're going around seeing massive projected uh, IMAX screens, and then you're seeing actual props and sets. Okay. And you're being you're being moved up and down. You're being rotated as well. It's all quite fast. Yeah, it's a bench, a, a, flying. a bench on an arm. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way of describing it. So I, you know, you could have like a slight journey through space, uh, through time yeah. and space. Um, yeah, you could go that. through the vortex. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can see that working quite well, and uh, you know, like the mar- you know, you're kind of escaping from the master or something. I can see that working. So that's the thing. Like people just think, you know, I don't know anything other than Disney, but I know a little bit about Doctor Who. Even if my well, wife, I'm the same way. I, I was actually trying to pull deep on my Disney knowledge for this podcast, but it's kind of you suddenly realise how these uh, icons really permeate the pop culture, so you know more than you think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I've got another question read the theming afterwards but in the meantime um, we have a gentleman who uh, who comes on occasionally on our podcast and uh, and sings for us and, and the pub singer has sent us a very special pub singer style instrumental actually um, I think you might like this in the words of Paul Daniels not a lot but I think you might like it <laughs> Song, well, is that Vic Rees doing his club style? <laughs> no, well, that's our pub singer. Yeah, that is our pub singer. <laughs> Although um, we don't actually know his identity, so for all we know, be. it could actually be Vic Rees. Um, but at least I know where my, my new ringtone's coming from, so that's uh, that's <laughs> good. To to any other Doctor Who and Disney f- and uh, and Diz After Dark fans, that will be available as a ringtone. 
Uh, or not if you don't want it. It's entirely up to you. If you want any of the Pub Singer's previous Best Greatest Hits album um, to be made available for download, I am more than happy to do that. <laughs> greatest Just hits. email me. And I'll, uh... to, to be fair, actually, Dr. Squee, he is actually more popular than we are. So <laughs> We actually think that's why we won the award, actually, yeah. just because we have him on the show. So I think the other You're thing right, I should watch out coming on to you know, your show and dissing a Disney sing-along, you know. Uh, I wouldn't worry. But, uh, yeah. I mean, another thing that I think is quite interesting is the fact that, um, you know, last year was the um, the anniversary and they had the special episode of Doctor Who shown at the cinema. But, oh, hang on a second. That's my... Uh, that's, uh, that's our other co-host. The, the disaster oh, excellent. Dog co-host Flynn, who uh, wants to leave the recording part of the uh, the pub to go to another one. That's his choice. Um, how how long a podcast can we get out of two dogs co-hosting together, just barking at each other? Just put well, that's out. fine. I don't mind if you've got a dog co-host, but if any other bloody Doctor Who podcast tries to go on on the dog co-hosting, that that's my niche market there. <laughs> oh, but that, that, to be honest, that's how we feel in the Disney community as well. If any other Disney podcast tries to get a dog, exactly, unless it's Pluto, or we Goofy, are respectively the premier Doctor Who and Disney dog co-hosted podcasts well there you go that's gospel you just heard it here first yeah, um yeah. but no, what i was gonna say was um i think what's quite interesting <laughs> is the fact that they're now showing uh doctor who in america at the same time as the uk but also yeah. the fact that the first episode of this new series starting in august uh 23rd to be exact is uh, being shown once again at cinemas or in america theaters yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. I went to see the 50th anniversary, and especially where it had the 3D as well. It was just such a spectacular, and it was really impressive that the BBC stepped up to the plate with the special effects as well. I mean, I, I really thought some of the effects were better than some of the CGI junk you get on uh, some of the movies now. Yeah. Like Maleficent, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm really bitter about that film, aren't I? <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, no, I mean, I was I was really gutted. I couldn't go. Uh, I wanted to see it, but I've just I've just seen that they released it in 3D on Blu-ray. So uh, I might pick it up at some point, actually. Um, yeah, they're about to release see. a special edition one. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I won't then. It's out in September. It's uh, like a four-disc special set, so it might be a bit just for the geeks or the Doc Two geeks. Yeah, uh, well, we'll see. What there, there's there's those in every population. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they normally tend to run podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in good company. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my question was going to be, when it comes down to, if, if we're putting a Disney with Doctor Who versus Universal with the Harry Potter, obviously Universal have got a massive building in Hogwarts and the surrounding varying villages and areas that they can build a theme around. Which one of the previous Doctors would you take any kind of theme around to build an area? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, you had the third Doctor was stuck on Earth for, for quite a while, yeah. and he had. Uh, uh, do you know what unit is in Doctor Who? I, yeah. I've, yes. Yeah, it's a United Nations Intelligence Task Force, and it was basically this group of soldiers. So he did have a lab and a kind of like setting you could fit on. But I think most of it you could just do any doctor, just have it on an alien planet. So like have it on set on Scaro, or like you could have a Scaro area and then a planet of the Weeping Angels maybe, and like different. If you go down a different street, you go into a different planet maybe. Because I was going to you know go back a few doctors um, when budgets were a bit tighter. 
and I was saying you just have it in a massive quarry somewhere. I, usually, yeah, as soon as you said that. Yeah, usually sandstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they can also, buy, you know, they can multi-purpose that for when they're bored of using it as a Doctor Who area, they can use it as a final scene in a Sweeney or a professional. <laughs> they've yeah. even had nods to it in the uh, new Doctor Who. They've had a few uh, quarry episodes, <laughs> which I thought were awesome. You've just got to have one. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, how are we building this area? Well, we can build this building and we can put this show ride attraction here. Or we could just dig a, dig, dig a big hole. <laughs> what about what about making a re um, a reenactment of Cardiff? Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a no brainer for the main like area. Yeah, I mean the TARDIS is meant to be basically infinitely large, so you could have so many rooms of that. The only problem is though, with doing, if you did it as Cardiff, is to make it really authentic, it Here doesn't really work in in Orlando because it's not peeing down rain every five minutes. Oh, <laughs> no, because the thing, the thing is, I, I, were, I don't know how many Welsh listeners we've got. Speak up now <laughs> if you're not. But I thought we were about to go down that route. Nah, I'm sure you're not. I'm sure there aren't that many. But no, I mean the thing is, I actually really like Cardiff. I've been there a few times, and in fact, I've been to the BBC in Cardiff. But um, every, literally every time I've been, it has rained from almost the moment I've stopped. I've got off the train. It has rained the entire time I've been there, no matter what time of year. It's a lovely place, but my God, is it wet. Yeah. So which one of the Doctor Who's female assistants are you going to make as the next princess? Bonnie Langford. I think I think it's Amy Pond because uh, she was actually a model before she was a Doctor Who assistant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah, Karen Gillan had a modelling career, so uh-huh. I think she just fit the mould very quickly. I, I was going to go down the route of the one that used to wear the leather and the loincloth. Actually, now you say that, that was one of my favourites too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I must have been about 12 at the time. but That's probably why. You were just the, yeah. just hitting puberty. On, you were on, the perfect on the, target. On the, on the cusp. Dad, Dad, <laughs> can I watch Doctor Who? Of course you can, son. On the cusp, is that a euphemism for the effect she had on you? I think, I think it may be. And, and there's the name for this week's show. Um, by the way, for anyone wondering, um, Paul has uh, had to step into his own TARDIS. Yeah. So um, it, it, we haven't killed him. Um, he's oh, yeah, still alive. He's, just gone, he's gone out for a smoke out the back of the uh, mouse's head, hasn't <coughs> yeah. he? That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 And uh, uh, yeah, so just to make anyone know that he's he, like, don't worry, he's still, he's still. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, yeah. So anyway, we we are ramping up towards the end of the show now. Um, normally we throw a, a Disney challenge quiz at you, but considering that some of the podcast hosts here have only managed to get four questions correct, Whoa, I really don't on. think it's fair to you. No, no, I'm up for it. I, I heard this last week, so I was, I'm, I'm like prepared. Oh, okay. Not that I'll know any of the answers, but I'm prepared to not know any of the okay. answers. Oh, to be, to be honest, you're prepared. That's more yeah. than we are normally. Nick. And the other thing is, if you don't do this, then it won't make any sense when I've got my Revenge Doctor Who quiz, which I was going to post to you <laughs> on my podcast. Oh, okay then. Oh, well, right, well, then, Nick. Talk so, for a minute. so you're kind of setting up my bit unless you don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Nick, talk for a bit while I get my timer set up. <laughs> oh, God. What am I going to talk about? I don't know. Doctor Who. Try that. Oh, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a couple of Disney questions if you've got a sec. Yeah, go for it. Well, I was going to ask, actually, um, I don't know if you've covered this in the show ever, but I remember seeing a while ago Brave I particularly liked, and I thought that actually might have been a bit of a forerunner for the kind of style of humour in Frozen in many ways. 
So what was that? Sorry. Brave. Brave. Yeah. I yeah, I think that. the kind of the style of humor there was kind of the the start of what they did with Frozen. But my question was, it's the um, when they had the Disney princess of Brave. Yeah. In uh, I can't remember the uh, girl in its name. Uh, Marida. Marida. Yeah. And they changed it to be like uh, thinner and make her like look more kind of uh, stereotypically pretty. Did Did you hear anything about this? Are you um, this? I I've not. Right. Um, it was a funny one for me because, to be honest, um, I mean, Brave, Brave was the first uh, Pixar uh, princess mm. film, uh, and to me, it came out the same year as Wreck-It Ralph. And if you hadn't stuck Pixar Disney to those at the front of the films and asked me to do so, Wreck-It Ralph felt like a Pixar film to me, and Brave felt like a Disney film. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it just it just didn't totally just felt a bit weird. Um, it's in all honesty the first time I've heard that being said about uh, Merida. Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to go down the Amy Pond route then because I could I could kind of see where you might be coming from. But um, yeah, I, I, I've not I've not heard it. No, I, I, I saw a few news things on it because they were saying that the big thing that they that Disney had said is like, look, she's so different from all the other Disney princesses. She's a big independent woman woman and then when they put her into the uh, park as one of the disney princesses they changed the model to look more like a traditional pretty uh, i don't want to use the word bimbo but do you know what i mean like uh stereotypical- okay yeah <laughs> to be honest i think it's more and i mean i you know i don't know how this works but i think when you look at uh characters like cinderella and, and sleeping beauty and princesses like that they've got very um basic features mm. so if you've got someone who's you know relatively pretty but you've got the right wig they'll yeah. look enough like that character to pass off i think with 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 merida what they've done there is unfortunately the character is quite unique a, a lot more unique looking in fact yeah. i think a lot of the newer princesses are anyway just because of how animation's mm. done now um and so i think it's more a problem with with what they've done stylistically that you know with the animation i think it's harder to get that so i don't think it's necessarily so much what they've done to change it i think it's going to be very hard to replicate i think it was i mean i don't think it was like in in such as in uh, models playing her but it was like they had the uh, foam costumes with the kind of uh, head of her if you will and they had some of the merchandising. Apparently, they changed. I mean, I saw the pictures at the time. I think it was on the. Oh uh, right, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I get what you mean now. Yeah. And they changed it to just be a bit more kind of a stereotypical Disney princess as opposed to the kind of more characterful. Yeah. Uh, Disney model they'd gone with 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 her. So they kind of it, it just felt like they backtracked on what they'd said they were doing. To be honest, the weird thing with that actually was at the same time they did that with a few of the other ones as well. So they yeah. had done, going back to what I they did actually do that with uh, Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella. They almost styled them to be more like the newer princesses. And right. I, I kind of get what, why they've done that in a way, because I suppose it's, it's synergy. How can you have a range of Disney princesses where you have them all under the same banner, yet the ones pre-Little you know, Little Mermaid all look completely different to the ones post-Little Mermaid? Mm. So anything after like ninety upwards, so they kind of like changed the shape of the faces and made the eyes a bit bigger and stuff like that. Um, 
I I think it's I, I understand why you do it for branding, but I don't agree with it because at the same time, if you, you know, if they're based on things that already exist, and you're not going to go back and change those, yeah, why? So and also, it's like it, it it's like with the uh, the costumes of Doctor Who over the years, like they've always been a reflection of the style of the time. And so, like, they will look drastically different, especially from the old Doctor Who to the new Doctor Who. I think it's the same is true of Disney. The style of animation is uh, a reflection of how people see women at the time and, like, what they're trying to do with that. So why change it? Just have it been reflecting that time. That's why I don't pass the big bucks, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, you've got two minutes. Are you ready now? There is no delay yet. I, I won't get any right, but I'm prepared. That's all right, then. Here we go. In the sword in the stone, what animal stalks Wart throughout the film? Rabbit. Okay. Um, what actress and singer gave her voice to Georgette the Poodle in Oliver and Company? Uh, N- Nadelle Dazeen. <laughs> Good answer. I like that one. <laughs> All right, I'll go for a, th- a historical one. Who is Hercules' father? Um, uh, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> what do the geese think that O'Malley is doing in the, when he's in the river in uh, Aristocats? Uh, uh, swimming. Oh, What's the what is the name of the pilot who works for the Albatross Air Charter Service? Oh Jesus, uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> That's really encouraging. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think. Um, Which... No, I won't read that one. I can't believe I'll give you answers. Um, In The Fox and the Hound, what's the name of the fox? Uh, uh, Red. Okay. What is Geppetto doing when Pinocchio finds him inside the whale? So I want to give a rude answer. Uh, Whittling. (laughs) That could... uh, Yeah, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> in which Greek city is Hercules proclaimed a hero? Two Hercules. Uh, Thebes. Okay. What task is Mickey Mouse given as a punishment in Steamboat Willie? Uh, to swab the deck. Which fishy creature brings King Triton's summons to Sebastian? Crab. Six seconds. Uh, in uh, in an, uh, uh, no. I, I've I've started, so I'll finish. There we go. Um, what's the name of Captain Hook's pirate sidekick? That's me. Here we go. Seeing you get one right. Yeah. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Let's go through these answers, Nick. Yep. How confident are you? Uh, I, I've got a few. All right then. Um, which animal stalks Wart throughout the film? Sword and Stone. Yeah, that I can't remember. I should have done. Uh, dragon. It's a wolf. Yeah. Uh, apparently. No, it's a rabbit right, wolf. Actually. That's what I meant. Yeah. Rabbit wolf. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, act- yeah. which actress and singer gave her voice to Georgette the Poodle? And you're telling me it's not... Uh, a, a, the, it's the not Adele Dazeem. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> which was an awesome answer. It just completely threw me off my step. Congratulations. Um, isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't it Bette Midler? It was, yeah. Yeah? Hey. Thought yeah. I shouldn't know that answer, should oh, I? Good. Bloody Oliver and Company. Hercules' father is Zeus. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. What do we say for this one? Um, 
What are the group? Uh, what do the geese think that O'Malley is doing when he's in the river? Um, you said swimming. I'll give you that one because they thought he was learning to swim. Hey, we'll, we'll give you that one. Um, well, oh, the, the name of the pilot who works for Albatross Air Charter Service. Isn't it Wilbur? That's nearly. It's his brother. Orville. Orville. Oh, we had that one the other week as well. Oh. Did we? Oh, I'm repeating yeah. questions already. I've got to find a new book then, aren't I? Um, the name of the fox. Is ring, 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 ring. Todd. Oh, Todd and Copper, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's Geppetto doing when Pinocchio finds him inside the whale? River dance. Yeah, he's actually fishing. Go on. Uh, yeah, I, I want to know what the rude answer would have been. You can tell us that when I've stopped recording. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like whittling. In which Greek city is Hercules proclaimed a hero? And you said Thebes. Our audience said exactly the same. Are, 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 but, what, but what was the right answer? Because it's I, Thebes. Oh, it's Thebes. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I just picked a Greek city that I can remember. Uh, uh, I remembered it from Shakespeare, bizarrely enough. You didn't go down the Athens route then, because it's... You know, Falaraki. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, what task is Mickey given as a punishment in Steamboat Willie? Nick? He, uh, uh, spinning the wheel. <laughs> Appealing potatoes, apparently. Oh. oh. Well, I there must have go. not watched it uh, again. Which fishy creature brings King Triton's summons to Sebastian? Is it an eel? It's a seahorse with a stupid black adder rough round his neck. Yeah, in hindsight, a crab was a really wrong, bad answer. <laughs> it's not that fishy, really. Sebastian's no. a crab. Yeah. Sebastian's a crab. Yeah. Uh, and, and the name of Captain Hook's pirate sidekick is Smee. indeed Mr. Smee. So yeah. you scored three. Well, is, that is a roaring success that, compared that, to where I was. That is a frighteningly roaring success compared to other people in the past and puts you into the top ten. Uh, and Do I get a half a point for N N Adele Dazeem? <laughs> um, only because honor, that will give you more mention. points than me, yeah. no. On, honor, <laughs> I think honourable mention. Yeah, um, a little um, uh, asterisk next to my name. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us. Um, thank you. Nick, we haven't told anyone. We didn't start off correctly because I didn't have any show notes from several years ago. Oh, oh yeah, because that makes a world yeah. of difference. Um, how do people find us? Because they've already yeah. listened to us, so they might they have. actually hunt us down now. Uh, well, they can visit our website, www.disafterdark.com. They can email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. And just before you do your bit, Paul, yeah. which is the social media side, yeah. you, you can do that, right? Yeah, I can. Yeah, uh, good. Okay, good. Um, just, just for those who, who played last year, we are doing another year of uh, Fancy Football League. Disaster Dark Fancy Football League. I think named the Stuart Miller League. Yeah. Uh, in honour of our winner last year. It is. Um, it's open, it's free. Um, even our American listeners who don't know much about the sport that we play that you call soccer, you can join for free. It, it's fun. Uh, it's a bit of a laugh. Um, and uh, you could get mentioned on the show because of it. So um, join up. And if you want to learn where to sign up, you can visit our website or email us, or you can go to the following places. Uh, we'll be posting about it on Twitter, at DizAfterDark. Um, we've got YouTube, we've got Facebook.com slash DizAfterDark, and if you just put the words DizAfterDark into Google, something will pop up somewhere. Yeah, but, but put your safety feature on just in case. Yeah, we've already mentioned that one. So. And if you have loved what you've heard about Doctor Who tonight, where can we find 
our illustrious guest. Well, I'm on Twitter at Dr. Squee. Uh, you can email gallifreystandspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'm on iTunes, Stitcher and Podbean. And uh, you can like and rate us there if you like the show. Brilliant. Um, gentlemen and uh, and Paul, sorry you haven't come in from your cigarette just yet. We will see you all in two weeks' time. Probably. Oh, and if I may, if, if, yeah. if you download this week's podcast, uh, I believe you guys will be doing a little bit of a segment with something me after we finish recording this. So uh, there'll be an exclusive thing there. Yeah, we'll, we'll find a quiet room in the mouse's head for you somewhere. Brilliant. <laughs> to, make, to make it sound professional. Thank you for yes. joining us. Thank you for joining us, dear listener. We will speak to you all, I say two weeks' time, but I've been a bit lax at the moment. And it's not pod fade, it's just me being busy. Um, enjoy the summer holidays. Speak to you all soon. Thank you, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. This After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. 